Well, how are we doing, Rich Church? All right, all right, all right. Hey, uh, my name is Bobby, one of the pastors here, and uh, I already met most of you, but uh, if I didn't, hi. I want to uh, let you know that today we're going to be continuing our uh, family vacation series. And so today we're in week number three. And if you haven't had a chance to catch up on all of family vacation, uh, I encourage you to go to our website or to iTunes and just download the messages and listen to those and and get caught up on this series because uh, I think it's some really good practical stuff uh, for the family. uh, We've talked about some really important things over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Last week, for example, we talked about... Uh, we talked about how we're going to equally submit to one another, how equal submission in not only just in marriage but in family, whether you're a son or daughter or whether you're husband, wife or mom, dad, you know, it doesn't really matter. But equal submission to one another is, is a good thing and it helps, helps propel us and not only makes relationships better and makes family better, but it reflects the gospel. Uh, the first week we talked about this gap that exists. This gap, and, and this is really sort of the basis for this whole series, that there's this gap that exists, and it's this gap between your current family situation, no matter what it is, whether it's really good right now or, or whether it's really, really struggling or ceasing to exist, your, your current family situation, there's this gap between that and the God-imagined family. And what that is, is that's the, the family that, that God intended your family to be. It's the, it's the reflection of that family. And so we talked about how, how we can close that gap. And so all of these messages in this series are, are really focused on, on that gap and how we can not fill it with things that don't matter, not fill it with things that are physical things, but fill it with, with the eternal thing. And that's Jesus. Amen? All right. Y'all going to have to help me preach today, okay? That would be a good time to respond. Okay, all right. All right there we go. All right, so today, uh, today we're going we're gonna to continue this series, and we're going to close the series next week, and, and I'm really excited about next week. I've asked my wife, Denera, to come and join me next week, so I'm going to let her do all the talking, and I'm just going to say amen, okay? So uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about next week. Next week we're going to talk about your messed up kids and my messed up kids, okay? All right? So we're going to do that next week. But today, today I want to I want to talk to you today. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to I want to talk to the parent today. And I can't walk around, can I? That's going to be bad. Oh, I, I want to I want to talk to the parent today that feels inadequate. The the parent that feels like like you can't do what God has asked you to do. You can't you can't be the parent that that maybe you feel like that you need to be. I want to talk today to, to the dad who feels like you're, you're in over your head, that you've got too much on your plate, that, that you can't really handle everything, that, that everything just sort of seems to pile on top of you and you don't know what to do with it. I want to talk to the mom today. I want to talk to the mom that, that feels like you've just got your hands full. You're working a job, you're going to school, and you got kids, and you got a family, and you got all this stuff, and, and the family drama is just piling up, and you don't know what to do next. And so maybe you just feel like you're just inadequate. I want to talk to the, the single person here today who, who just feels like life is, is moving way too fast and it's just really hard to keep up. God loves to use those of us that are unsure about themselves. 
I believe that. Before I became a husband, I felt totally inadequate. I did. I had this this feeling of inadequacy that that I was going to have a hard time living up to the expectations of, of, of being a husband. Men, can I get an amen? I mean, or maybe maybe that's just me. But I, I had this I had this hard time of feeling like I was going to be able to live up to these expectations. I, I, I was I was having a hard time believing that I was going to be able to to live up to the expectations that I knew that God was placing on my life. And so going into marriage, I had this this feeling of inadequacy. But becoming a parent, that inadequacy seemed to just skyrocket. I had this, this greater feeling of inadequacy when, when I found out that, that we were, that we were going to have a boy. And I was really excited about having a boy because I was like, I can do that. Like, you know, G.I. Joe's, Transformers, you know, dirt, that's fun. Let's, we can do that. You know, that, that's cool. That's great. And, but, I, but I still had this, this little bit of a feeling like, I don't know how to change a diaper, make a bottle, wash a bottle. Like, I don't know how to do any of that stuff. And so I was really, you know, I was scared. I was like, I'm, I'm going to, like, poison our child or something, you know. And, uh, but luckily, so far, that's not happened. Thank goodness. But when we had two children, when we found out we were having a second child, then it got, it just started going like out of control because I was like, you know, Isaiah, our son, he was still in diapers. And I was like, okay, we're going to have to change like two diapers. You know, am I going to be like doing this with a foot? You know, like, you know, like, I mean, how's, how's that going to work? You know, I mean, what, what am I going to do? You know, I started freaking out because I was like, well, how am I going to watch both of them at the same time? Like, I, how, I, I'm not even going to be able to go to the grocery store with both of them. Like, I was just freaking out. But then a calm came over me. And I was like, you can do this. You got this. You can do this. And then I found out we were having a girl. And then it just all went to junk. Because I know, I know nothing. My wife will tell you, you know nothing about women. Yes, that is correct. So absolutely correct. Luckily, God, I love this about God. But God doesn't choose the prepared. He prepares the chosen. God, God, never, God never chooses those of us who are prepared. If you're prepared, you don't know what you're doing. I mean, let's, let's just be honest. You're, you're never really prepared. You're never really prepared to become a parent. You're never really prepared to, to, um, uh, to, to get married. You're never prepared to, to go to that next level of education. You're never really truly prepared. You just don't ever really get there. That's why we need Jesus. The Holy Spirit. And as a mom, a dad, a spouse, a child, you've been chosen to play a role. Every person in here, it doesn't matter if you're in elementary school or, or if you're a seasoned grandparent. It, it doesn't matter. You've been chosen to play a specific role on this planet, whether you know it or not. Acts 17.26 says that the time and place that we live, it's already been determined and allotted by God. Do you know what that means? That means exactly where you are. It means the job that you're working, the kids that you have, whether you like them or not. God gave those. He picked those out for you. You can't sell them. You could, but you'd get in a lot of trouble. <laughs> not that I've tried. But I'm just saying. You, the, the place where you are, the things that you're doing, the seat that you're sitting in right now, it's already been allotted by God. It's been predetermined. God, God will use you despite your insecurities and most often use you where you feel most insecure. If you have your Bibles, turn to Exodus chapter 3. 
We're going to be in the Old Testament. So if you start at Genesis, just flip a couple of verses or a couple of uh, books back, you'll find Exodus. So Exodus chapter 3. We're going to talk about a guy by the name of Moses. See, I got this microphone, so I can, Moses, I can do that. We're going to talk about a guy by the name of Moses today. Let me give you a little bit of background on Moses. Moses is, um, was chosen by God. Now, Moses, when he was born, he was born, uh, and, you know, you kind of know the story maybe a little bit. You know, he was put in a basket, floated down the river, you know, and he was picked up, and, and he lived in the kingdom of Egypt under Pharaoh. He was actually adopted by Pharaoh's sister, and so uh, he, he is in the kingdom uh, with Pharaoh. And so he's growing up under this Egyptian uh, rule but he's he's a hebrew He's he's not Egyptian. And so something, and it's because of that, God placed something inside of Moses because God had a plan for Moses. God had a specific role for Moses to play. And so uh, maybe you're familiar with the story, but Moses, uh, he he sees some injustice being done to the Hebrew people who were slaves in Egypt. And so he lashes out at one of them and kills one of them. And then in that process, he fears for his life, and so he flees Egypt. And he runs out into the wilderness. And then when he gets out there, he, he, he comes up on a, on a group of people, and, and he ends up getting married there. And, and so when he, when he is out there in the wilderness, away from Egypt, he becomes a shepherd. And so as a shepherd, he starts herding sheep. You know, he's just, he's, just doing, he's just doing a job. I mean, he's just a regular guy, just like all of us. He's just doing his job. And so he's out, and he's, he's herding sheep and, and doing his job. And just like any other day, he's walking through the desert one day. And as he begins to walk through the desert one day, something weird catches his attention out of the corner of his eye. So we're going to pick up there in Exodus chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Uh, it says this, Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Herob, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. Don't you love how they just, you know, they use like some proper English there? You know, Moses is like, hmm, I will turn aside and I will see why this bush is aflame. Maybe it's just me. All right, so, because I would have been like, what the, okay, no. I'm just, I'm being honest with you. You would too, don't lie. Sinners. All right, so focus. When, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. Now, I don't know about you, but I, when, I, when I read this story, I see Charlton Heston. Anybody else? Yeah, me too. Moses. All right, and he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And so here, here's this encounter with God. You, you, you see, see the scene. You know the scene. Moses is walking through the desert. He's just, he's just minding his own business, doing his thing. He catches the, the, this bush that is on fire, but it's not on fire. It's just on fire. And it's not like burning on fire, but it's on fire. And he sees it out of the corner of his eye, and he, and, and he goes to inspect it. And as he gets a little closer, God calls out to Moses in an audible voice. It's not like that voice that you hear inside your head. I mean, this is an audible voice that Moses hears, and it's calling his name, Moses, 
Moses. And he says, don't come any closer. Take your shoes off because the ground that you are standing is holy ground. Now we're going to skip down just a couple verses to verse number 10 because the conversation begins to take place. Verse 10 says this, come, I will send Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, but I will be with you. And this will this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. And so God and Moses begin to have this conversation. God tells Moses, He says, I've heard the cries of my people. I've I've seen their I've seen their suffering. Because the, the Hebrew people, they are enslaved in Egypt, and so they're they're doing slave labor under the Egyptians, and they're just, they're just being worked to the bone. And so God calls Moses and says, Moses, I have a specific job for you. This is what you're going to do. You're going to go to Pharaoh, the most powerful man in all of the world, besides me. But the most powerful man on this planet, you're going to go to him, and you're going to walk up to him, and you're going to tell him, let my people go. That's what you're going to do. And so Moses probably like every single one of us, has a tiny problem with that. Tiny problem. Because Moses begins to tell God why he cannot do what God just asked him to do. He begins to, to tell God all, for all of the reasons why he is inadequate to do what God has called him to do. And so as inadequate as, as you and I may feel, God makes the same promise to all of us who are believers. I will be with you. That's what he told Moses. He said, "He said, I will go with you. I will go before you. I will give you all of the power. I, I, will, I will do this with you. You're not doing this alone because I'm going to go with you. And so for us, for you and I, you and I have that same power. The Bible says that we have the, the same power, the same power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of God. We have that same power. We have that same work within us. But we don't believe it. That's why a lot of us will never attempt anything great in the name of God because we don't believe that we have the power of the Holy Spirit with us. We don't believe in the same power that rose a man from the grave. But yet, the Bible tells us that we have that same power. I, mean, what, I, don't, I don't sometimes I, for myself, I'm like, what do I need? Do I need do I need a burning bush to to tell me? Do I need God to speak to me through a burning bush and tell me I'm going with you to do this? I ask myself that question sometimes because I, like many of you, feel just as inadequate to do the things that God has called me to do. I feel, uh, there are times that I feel, not, not only do I feel inadequate at times to, to be the husband that God's called me to be and to be the parent that God has called me to be, but to also be the pastor that God has called me to be, to be the friend that God has called me to be. There's a lot of things that God has called us to be. Amen? And so sometimes we, we look at all that stuff and say, I just, can I just do one thing? Can I just pick one? And God's like, no, you got to do it all. You got to do it all. Moses begins this long conversation with God and, and tells God all of these reasons why he can't do what God has chose him to do. Do you ever catch yourself doing that? 
You ever catch yourself having that conversation with God, telling God all about your inadequacies of, of, of being a leader and being a mother and a father and a, and a son or, and, and a daughter? Do you, you ever catch yourself having that conversation with God? Where, you, where, you just, where you're telling God why you can't do what he's asked you to do as if, as if he didn't know your deficiencies. As if he didn't know because he, he put you together that way. The Bible says in the book of Psalms that, that he formed you in the womb. Like he, he put you together before your parents ever knew anything about you. He had already put you together. And so all of the inadequacies that you have, when you're telling them to God, God's like, yeah, I know, I made you. I put it there. You're not telling me nothing I don't know. And so the same thing is, is happening here with Moses. He knows where you and I feel inadequate because that's the way that he made us. I believe that he wants us to, to lean more on him, and that's why we feel inadequate. We've become too independent of God and his power, I believe. And so we don't lean on God the way that God has called us to lean on him, the way that God wants us to lean on him. Because this is a, God knows, he knows that Moses can't do what he has asked him to do without God going with him. Without God going with him. And you see, here's the thing. It's going to take Moses a little bit to, to get this, but we'll see this in just a minute. God reminds Moses the importance of, of why he must be courageous and go. And I think sometimes we just need to be reminded that, that we're being used by God. We just need, to, need a little reminder. And so God and Moses, they begin to, to banter back and forth, and Moses begins making more excuses. And, and it's all, these, all the same excuses that, that you and I made before. So let's, let's skip down a couple of verses to chapter 4, starting in verse 1. It says this, Then Moses answered, uh, God, God told, reminded Moses again, This is why you must go, because I've heard the cries of my people. And so this is what Moses replies back to God. He says, But behold... They will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. And so what Moses is saying is that they're going to think I'm crazy. True. The Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? He said, a staff. I love this. And he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent, and Moses ran from it. Amen, Moses. You know what you're doing, my man. I would have ran too, except I wouldn't have come back. But the, Lord said, the, but the Lord said to Moses, put out your hand and catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand and he caught it, and it became a staff in his hand. This is not hard to imagine. You, I mean, you, you can picture this scene. He's got a staff in his hand. God says, throw it on the ground. He throws it on the ground. It becomes a snake. Moses runs and screams like a little girl. He just takes off, right? And, Moses, and God's like, whoa, 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 come back. Pick it up. And so Moses picks it up, and it turns back into a staff. Verse 5, or verse 4. But the Lord said to Moses, put out your hand and catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand, and he caught it, and it became a staff in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Again, the Lord said to him, put your hand inside your cloak. And, put, and he put his hand inside his cloak, and when he took it out, behold, his, land was, his hand was leprous like snow. 
which means that he had this skin deficiency, this muscle deficiency. Leprosy was a very terrible disease that deteriorated the muscles and basically your flesh rotted off. And so this is what his hand looks like. Then God said, put your hand back inside your cloak. And so he put it, put his hand back inside his cloak. And when he took it out, behold, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. And so God shows Moses all of these things. And he turns a, a staff into a, a snake and then turns it back. And then he turns his hand in, in, into, into leprosy. But yet it's still not enough from Moses. Moses is like, yeah, that was, that was cool, but no. Still not going. Moses need to be hit upside the head, I think, is what really needed to happen. Look, check this out, verse 10. But Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, OMG, you know, whatever. He's, he said, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent Yet, he says, I'm not eloquent. Yet, he uses the word eloquent. I can't say the word eloquent, yet Moses, who says he's not eloquent, says the word eloquent. Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, oh, this is the best. If you don't think God has a sense of humor, just check this out. Then the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Boom. Now, therefore, go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. Verse 13. But he said, oh, my Lord, please send someone else. Moses said, he ain't giving up. He ain't giving up. Does that sound familiar to some of us? When, when, when God says, look, look, this is, this is what I need you to be. This is what I need you to do. This is, this is how I need you to go. And we're like, I, yeah, but you don't understand. I can't. But what, you're not saying I can't. You're saying I won't. I will not. And God's saying, no, 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 listen to me. You're going to go. You're going to do it. So you might as well buck up and, and have some fun. Because you're going to go. This is exactly what he's, he's saying to Moses. But don't you ever feel like but, that God has lost his mind and, and he's got the wrong person? You ever feel like, you ever feel like that? Like, he, like you know, he, he chose the wrong person to do what it is that, that you're doing? Moses thought God meant to call somebody else. He's like, yeah, you got the wrong person. You meant to say Mitch, not Moses. I heard you. And God's like, no, 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 I said, I said Moses. In fact, I said it twice. But Moses was still unsure. And so I, I know sometimes, I, I have felt this way before, and, and so I, I would imagine that maybe you've felt this way before, but you just feel like that maybe God picked out, the, picked out you to, to do the, the thing that you're doing, and he, he just got the wrong person. Or maybe, maybe God, maybe, maybe you, you felt like that, that God picked out the wrong children for you. Don't say it out loud because your kids might be sitting in here. You know what I'm talking about? We all love our children, I know, I know. But there are times, let, let's be honest, there are times you're like, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. <laughs> Somebody said amen. I'm not so sure. You know, if God had known that, that, you, you, know, that you couldn't handle finicky eaters and babies that like to get up at 3 a.m. like my daughter, then you, you would know what I'm talking about. Or, or, or maybe, maybe somehow you just got lost in the shuffle and placed in the, in the wrong marriage because your marriage was supposed to be filled with, with 
lots of money and nice houses and, and pools and massages by your husband and vacations and, and all of those things, right? But yet you didn't get that. Instead, you got the fixer-upper. Instead, you got the dishwasher. And I'm not talking about your husband, but your husband might be lazy. And so you got that too. And so you got all of those things and you're like, why, God, why did you pick me for this? I think you got the wrong person because this is not what I imagined my life to be at this moment. And some of you are sitting right now and that's exactly what, that's, you, you, you've said that. You said that this week. You're going, I, I'm not, God, why did you pick me for this? I, this is not what I had imagined my life would be like. Yet, this is what it is. And so when it comes to your family, maybe you feel like, like what God has called you to is just way over your head and, and you're just not cut out for it. And so maybe your family is, maybe, maybe your family, it's, it's in the making and, and you feel like that, that you won't have what it takes to measure up to do the job that God has called you to do. I don't think it makes God happy when we tell him that we can't do something that he has obviously called us to do. Case in point, verse 14 in, in chapter 4. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you, and when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. And so God has erased every excuse that Moses had. He's erased every single one of them. And the fact that Moses is making all of these excuses, telling God why he can't do what God has called him to do, it's made God a little bit angry. I think that we will make God angry when we tell God that we can't do what he's called us to do. When we say, God, I can't parent these kids. God's like, I gave you those kids so that you could parent those kids. God, I can't work this job. I gave you that job so you could work that job. I can't be married to that person. You can be married to that person because that's the person that God wanted you to be married to. And so you, 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 when we say that we can't do something that God has called us to do, it doesn't make God happy. It doesn't make him happy. I think God wanted to show Moses two things real quick, and it's a reminder to us. So the first thing that I think that God wanted to show Moses was that on his own, he could not do it. That on his own, he could not do it. If you continue the story and, and you read through the rest of this story and, and find out that, that just asking Pharaoh was getting nowhere, God or Moses going to Pharaoh, and, and, and just like he did in Scripture, Moses goes to Pharaoh, and he, and he goes to Pharaoh, and he says, God said to let these people go, and Pharaoh said exactly what God said he would say. You're crazy. Get out of here. We're not letting them go. And so just like God said that Moses would have to do, God would stretch out his hand against Pharaoh, and so he did just that by, by sending the plagues upon Egypt to force Pharaoh to let the people go. It took God doing as he promised and stretching out his hand with those plagues for Pharaoh to do and for Moses to be able to accomplish what God has called him to do. Some of us are, are doing this whole thing. We're doing it on our own. You're just trying to do it on your own. You've not pressed into God. You've not been leaning into God. You've not been depended on God. Let me ask you a question. Are you tired yet? Are you tired? Is it tiresome? Doing what you do without any help, doing what you do without leaning into God, are you getting anywhere? Are you getting anywhere? You feel like you're just spinning your wheels and it's just you're just slinging mud, but you're not going anywhere, and so you're just tired. 
It wasn't until God stepped in that something happened, and it was God that rescued them. It wasn't Moses. God just wanted to use Moses just like he wants to use you. Some of us, we're so tired and so worn out, and we just feel like that we can't keep up, and it's because you've gone at this whole thing all on your own. For, for those of you that are in here and you're, you're a single mom, you're a single dad, it's even worse for you. It's even worse for you because, because in, in a lot of ways, physical ways, you are doing it on your own. You don't, you don't have a lot of help. You, you, you're, just, you're just there. But, but I love what the Bible says. I, I love how, how Scripture speaks to this. In the book of Psalms, Psalm 121, 1 and 2 it says this, it says, I lift up my eyes to the hills from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And if that's not enough, Psalm 3.3 says, You, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. Love that. God is your shield. He is your helper. He is the, the lifter of your head. And he wants to be those things, but, but he needs you to, to be dependent upon him so he can be those things more visibly and more powerfully in your life. Secondly, I believe God wanted Moses to see that he was more than resourced. God wanted Moses to see that he had everything he needed to do exactly what God had called him to do. And even when he still thought that he didn't have enough, God gave him more when he gave him Aaron. Moses made all of these excuses, said, I can't do any of that. And, and, and God finally, God just said, okay, I'm going to give you a little more. I'm going to give you Aaron. He's going to go with you. He's going to speak for you. I'll put the words in there. He's just going to speak them. And you're going to go together, the three of us, me, you, Moses, and Aaron. I believe when, when you feel like you've got nothing left in the tank, God wants to give you more if you'll trust him. God wants to give you more. God has, has given you and I, he's given us everything that we need to do exactly as he has called us to do. He's given it to you. It's already in you, just like it was in Moses. He said, you got a staff, it's in you. you got hands, it's in you. you got a mouth, it's in you. God has already given you everything that you need to do exactly as he's called you to do, to parent the kids that you have, to work the job that you have, to do the schoolwork that you need to do, to do all the things that it is that God has called you to do. God has already resourced you. And you are more than resourced. You are more than resourced. He's given you the parenting skills, the leadership ability, the, the ability to be a good husband, the love to be a good wife and, and mother, and the ability to serve one another beyond the capacity that you think that you can. When you've gone as far as, as you think that you can go, God is ready to, to give you more than what you think that you have. It's in you. You've just got to use it, and I believe that you can do it. I believe that about you. I believe that about you because I believe in the God of the Scripture. I believe in, in the Jesus of the Bible. I believe that because I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. But you're not going to get anywhere without the power of the Holy Spirit. And so you have to lean into that. You have to trust that. You have to give your life to that. For those of you who are, are not believers today, you don't know anything about the power of the Holy Spirit because you don't have the Holy Spirit yet. But when you trust your life to Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same Holy Spirit that comes to be with you. 
But it's not until you trust and give your life to Christ. Do me a favor. Look at your neighbor. Go ahead, look at him right now. Look right at him. Whoever it is, even if you don't know him, look at him right now. I want you to tell him this. Tell him you can do it. Tell him. Tell him right out loud. You can do it. Say, you've got the stuff. Don't tell them what kind of stuff they've got, but tell them that they've got the stuff. All right? You save that for later. All right, let's do this. Everybody in the room, let's stand to our feet. Stand to your feet. Everybody in the room. If you're able and you can, and stand in the room. Let's, let's stand to our feet. Mom, dad, listen to me. Mom, dad, husband, wife, son, daughter, I know that you've tried and you're worn out and you don't, you don't know if you've got the stuff, but God's telling you if you'll invite him along for the ride, you'll have more than the stuff that you need. More than the stuff you need. Wherever you're at, it's a better ride with Jesus. It is a better ride with Jesus. Let me close with this. 2 Corinthians 12.9 says this. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Amen. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Verse 10, for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. Does anybody identify with that right now? For when I am weak, then I am strong. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Moses messed up. He killed somebody and doubted God. I don't think you've killed anybody today, but maybe you've messed up. His grace is sufficient. And what that means is that means that it's all good. He's got you. He has got you. And so when you are weak, then you are strong. When you are weak, then you are strong. But you are only strong because he is stronger. You are only strong because he is stronger. When you are weak, you are strong. One more time. Let's have a little participation. Say it out loud. When I am weak, then I am strong. Go ahead. When I am weak, then I am strong. It's why Christ gave his life on the cross, because you couldn't do it on your own. You couldn't do it on your own. That's why he went to the cross. That's why he gave his life on the cross, because on the cross he paid for the sin that you and I could not pay for. Because you and I couldn't do it on our own. And so the first step is to admit your weakness, your need for him. He is your help and the lifter of your head. He is your help and the lifter of your head. As we close this morning, we're, gonna, we're just going to have a time of prayer here in just a moment, and then the band's going to come and play, and we're going we're gonna to go home. But this, this is what I want us to do as, as we're standing to our feet. If you need to sit down, you, you, may, you may sit, but if, if you can stand, please keep standing. I want to ask you a question. Will you lay your inadequacies at the feet of the cross today, at the foot of the cross. Will you, will you take your inadequacies and will you put them at the foot of the cross and say, I can't do this on my own. I don't want to do this on my own. I need, I need help. I need God to be my shield, my glory, and the lifter of my head because I am weak and he is strong. And so today, will you do that? Will you take your inadequacies and, and, and lay them aside and, and, and walk out of here believing that you can parent the kids that you have? No matter how hard it is to parent them, believe me, I know that it's hard sometimes. But will you do that today? 
Will you walk out of here believing that, that you can be the mother that God has called you to be? Will you walk out of here believing that you can be the student that God has called you to be? Will you walk out of here believing that you can be the husband that God has called you to be? That you walk out of here and believe that today you can do the job that God gave you. Whatever that is. Maybe you have doubts and you're like, I'll do it, but I don't know. I'll do it, but I don't know. I think Moses still had some doubts. I think he did. I think he, he was human. And Moses, Moses still had some doubts. He, I think he, in, his, in his mind, he just said, all right, God, I'm going to do this. We'll see. I, I want to encourage you to have the attitude of we'll see if you need to. Trust God and watch God do something miraculous in your life. Let's pray. Father God, we love you, Jesus. God, we thank you for the cross that you gave us. God, the cross that tells us that that we were once weak, but because of you, we are strong. And it's because of the cross that we have forgiveness of sins. God, it's because of the cross that you elevate us and bring us up. God, that you fill our inadequacies with strength. God, that you give us an amazing courage and bravery to go forth like you did Moses. God, in these next few moments, for those of us in here who have doubts about what it is that you've called us to do, that, that believe more in our inadequacies than we believe in the power of your Holy Spirit, God, I pray that today that you erase those doubts, that you fill those inadequacies with your strength and with your power, and that we can hold our head high because we know that you are our shield and the lifter of our head. God, you are my glory. All across the room, if you're here today and that's that's you, you're like, I need that strength and that courage. Will you just throw up your hand and say, that's me. I need the strength and the courage. God, fill my life with the power of the Holy Spirit. With Erase these inadequacies. Erase these inadequacies. If you're here today and, and the power of the Holy Spirit is something foreign to you because you've never given your life to Christ. You've never trusted your whole heart to Him. Will you do me a favor? I, 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 there's nothing that I, that I can can make you do this is something that you have to do on your own but if God is speaking to you right now in this moment will you just lay your sin and repent to him at, at the cross right now by just simply praying a prayer by saying Jesus come into my life forgive me of my sins erase my past fill me with your future come into my life and rescue me if that's you and you, you're praying that prayer, you've got to pray that prayer. I can't pray it for you. So I just want to encourage you to, to pray that prayer all on your own, in your own words. God hears you. He knows what you're saying. For everybody else, all of us in this room, all across the room this morning, if God has called you to do something and you're having doubts whether or not you can do it. In these next few moments, we're, I just want you to pray to God and say, God, fill me with the courage. Fill me with the strength. Fill me with the power of your Holy Spirit so that I know that you are my strength and my glory. Jesus, as people pray to you, as they call out to you, as they speak to you like Moses spoke to you at, at the burning bush, God, we know that you hear us just like you hear Moses, but just like you did with Moses, God, erase our doubts, erase our inadequacies, remind us why you are stronger, remind us why we need you, remind us that we can't do this on our own, that we need you to go with us. Later in scripture, Moses tells 
God. He, he just came down from the mountain and, and he's he, with the tablets of the Ten Commandments and he sees the golden calf that the, that the people of Israel had made and they started worshiping an, an idol, another God. And so Moses was angry and he broke the tablets and, and God sends Moses back up to the mountain. He says, you're going to go back up to the mountain and you're going to write the Ten Commandments again and you're going to bring them down and these people are going to obey my word. And this is what this is what Moses says to God. He finally gets it. He tells God, Exodus 33, 15, he says this. He says, I'll, I will not go unless you go with me. 